With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run! At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. We are glad to have you here this week. And there's a lot to get to uh, this week. We're recording this on Tuesday before the Angels play their second game of three with the Astros. I know you're probably listening to this. Uh, on Wednesday of this week, the Angels fresh off a series win over the Dodgers, trying to get back on track after a real tough week uh, last week when they got swept uh, by the Tampa Bay Rays at home. But uh, the Angels trying to turn this thing around and a series win in the freeway series against the Dodgers, a great way to start that and then backing it up uh, with a come-from-behind win on Monday against the Astros is an even better way uh, to fall that. So that's all good, but we got a big show for you here today. We're going to hear from Taylor Ward, uh, the Angels outfielder. We're going to have that for you coming up uh, in just a moment. We talk about a lot of things with Taylor. Uh, and for Taylor Ward, I mean, he's been at the big league level in some capacity every year since 2018. He's still trying to get his footing at this level. It's been tough for Taylor. He's had um, you know, major approach changes to his swing. I mean, there was a while where he was a big time you know, trying to be a home run hitter, and, and then he, now he's really trying to drive the ball the other way and have a much more flat swing. We've seen Taylor change positions, came up as a catcher, uh, was kind of forced to play in a lot of third base, and now is in the outfield and even doing some catching now. So we're going to have all of that uh, for you from Taylor Ward. His career has been fascinating uh, so far, and uh, as he tries to stick here at the major league level, and he's working hard to do that. So that's a conversation we're going to have uh, to share with you in a moment. We're also going to hear from Mike Trout, and we're going to talk about this uh, uh, just for a moment here. We're going to have Mike Trout discuss his relationship with Albert Pujols and just the state of where the Angels are at right now. He and I had a conversation last week. We're going to share that with you uh, here shortly. Um, because, look, the big news last week was Albert Pujols being designated for assignment. We were talking about one of the greatest players in the history of baseball who also had an incredible Angels career. Like, that's one of the things that sticks out to me about Albert Pujols. I mean, he's top 10 in all time in hits as an Angel. He's top 5 in home runs as an Angel. So this is a player that for the Angels, even though his numbers with the Halos were, were never what they were in St. Louis, uh, a very impactful player for a long time uh, for this organization. And um, it's, you know, my, my thoughts on this are complicated. And 
the reason why is because when I got the news that Albert Bulls was being designated for an assignment, obviously that that's kind of an upsetting thing to hear. Understanding his place in the game of baseball, understanding uh, what he has meant to this organization, understanding um, that he can still be a productive RBI guy. And I, I've said this before, when Albert's at the plate, he's going to give you a professional at bat. But the reality is the Angels' situation is as such that the Angels just have not had room for Albert Pujols anywhere but as being a bench guy and, and maybe you know filling in on occasion. I mean, when you look at the Angels' situation right now, Albert plays first base and he DHs. Okay, well, Jared Walsh has to be at first base for the Angels. We've been saying this with Jared Walsh. This is the most productive hitter at first base of anybody in baseball this season. And when you go back to... You know, September 4th of 2020, in that time, I mean, you're talking about one of like the 10 best hitters in the game. That is how good Jared Walsh has been. And he's a very good defensive first baseman. The Angels got to have Walsh at first base. And then there's Shohei Otani. And we all know what Shohei has done this year. And Shohei is DHing a lot more um, than we expected because remember, when Shohei first was pitching and, and was first doing the two-way thing. Otani, a lot of times, would he, would he wouldn't hit the day before he'd pitch. He wouldn't hit the day that he did pitch, and then he wouldn't hit the day after. So that's three days a week that Otani was not in the lineup. Well, that would have been an opportunity if that was the same schedule uh, moving forward that you know, he would have needed Albert Pujols to DH those days. But that's not the case. Shohei is, is hitting before and after. Shohei is hitting the day of pitching. And for Otani, he's been in every single game for the Angels this season. you got to have that bat in the lineup. And he's important on the mound, too. But for the sake of this conversation, that's your DH spot full and your first base spot full by two of the three most impactful hitters in this Angels lineup this season. Now, I think Anthony Rendon's going to be in that mix, certainly, too, but he's been banged up. But that being said... That was just the situation. Then you're asking Albert Pujols, who's, again, uh, uh, he should be a unanimous Hall of Famer. He's one of the best players of all time. He's easily one of the ten best players ever. You can make the argument he's a top five player ever. I mean, it's that good. His ten years in St. Louis were the greatest ten years that any baseball player has ever had. That's Albert Pujols. When you think about it in that context, and that's who the player is, um, it is upsetting that the way that this whole thing came to an end was – you know, this is the way it just had to be. But I will say this uh, about the Angels. I think that, that that's a tough thing to do. But it also sends a message that this is an organization that's focused on doing all it takes to win now. And you got to get things done. And you got to, you know, continue to produce. And, you know, you hate to look at baseball in like a crass sense. But the reality is, is you got to deliver. And the Angels have a player in. Jared Walsh, who's delivering at first base, and they believe, and I believe it too, is going to continue to deliver at first base. And then there's Shohei Otani as your designated hitter. So it, 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 as simple as that with Albert. Um, I, I understand the, you know, the complexity of that particular situation, but at the same time, you know, the Angels' number one goal right now is to win a championship. And they got to play better baseball, especially in the heels of being swept at home against Tampa Bay in a game where they should have won at least two of those games, for sure. Two of them that they gave away last week. That can't happen. And that was on the heels of a road trip where the Angels underwhelmed. And it's the Angels have so much talent on this team. There is so much talent in that clubhouse. 
you got to find ways to win baseball games. We've seen it on display the last you know, four games. The Angels have won three of them. Again, recording this on Tuesday before the Angels play um, Houston uh, coming up in a few hours. That is the reality of the Angels' situation. And unfortunately, uh, the Angels were in a spot where they had to say goodbye to an all-time great player and an all-time great Angel. You're talking about one of the ten most productive Angels of all time is Albert Pujols. So that this is a tough one uh, for the Angels, and I, I have a lot of mixed feelings on this one, um, and it's complicated. And it, the the overriding figure, the overriding thought though that I have over everything else is that the Angels got to win. You got to have Jared Walsh in the lineup. You got to have Shohei Otani in the lineup, and. The harsh reality is if those two guys are in, it means there's not a place for Albert. And that's what's so tough about this. It's hard that this is how it has to be, but that's just what the situation is right now. And I spoke with Mike Trout uh, the other day about the state of the Angels and on top of that, his relationship with Albert Pujols and what he's meant to Trout's career. Just kind of want to get some of your thoughts. I know the last week has been tough and whatnot, but just wanted to get an idea from you about how this team is feeling right now about where you guys are at and how to try to turn this thing around. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, we're in a rough stretch right now, but I mean, what's it, May 6th? So we got a lot of baseball left. We got a great group of guys in there. Uh, we believe in each other. We're just going through a little rough stretch right now. We'll get through it. And obviously, uh, the news with Albert Pools yesterday, a major story across baseball. How would you describe uh, your relationship with Albert and just what he meant uh, to you as you uh, spent you know so many years with him uh, in this organization? Yeah, um, yeah, I can't thank him enough. You know, I've, I've always said this. You know, obviously, all the stuff he accomplished on the field, uh, it's it's pretty incredible. You know, being able to see him pass, you know, these Hall of Fame guys uh, night in, night out these last few years, it's it's been incredible. But you know, all that stuff is great. But you know, he's a better better person. A uh, better teammate. Um, you know, he's the 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 passion he has for this game is is incredible. You know, he comes in. You know, his, his last last year of his you know career and just um, or last year of his you know ten year deal. Um, just the work he puts in every day, same routine. Doesn't matter uh, what day it is, day game. Uh, he's coming in, preparing himself, getting ready for that game, and it's uh, it's it's pretty pretty amazing to watch. And you know, obviously, we were all surprised when it happened. Um, you know, it hit me a little bit. Uh, it hit me a lot. You know, I've been ever since I've been up here. He's he's been he's been my guy, and uh, you know, he, he uh, mentored me. You know, throughout my whole career so far. And you know, he, he I talked to him yesterday. He's in a good place, and you know, uh, see where things go with him. Mike, we just talked with Albert last week, and um, it sounded like he was in high spirits, and, and he had incredible things to say about you too. Um, how how would you describe that mentorship role that, that you alluded to a moment ago? There, there's very few people in the history of this game that can kind of relate it of being what it's like at, at that level. Um, you guys obviously had a special bond. Like, what can you say about that? Yeah, no, it was definitely special. Um, like you said, it's it's everything you can everything you um, you can accomplish on a baseball field. He he has done, and it was something you know I could I could go up to him and talk about anything, and he was really good about. You know, he knew, you know, for instance, like when I, if I'm struggling at the plate or if I'm struggling, you know, anywhere, just he knows like the, the perfect time to come up and, you know, throw something out. You know, he knows when, when, when the right time is, you know, he just has that feel. And uh, like I said, I can't thank him enough. He's he was an unbelievable person, an unbelievable friend to me. And 
uh, great teammate. And, you know, like I said, I can't thank him enough. And we're obviously keeping in touch a lot. And, you know, hopefully, you know, it gets picked up by somebody. You know, it'd be everybody saying the Cardinals, what a, what a, uh, how special that would be. You know, when we went there, uh, I think uh, two years ago, two years ago, I mean, it was probably the, one of the coolest moments I've been a part of, um, just seeing the fans' reactions. And, you know, you never know. And, uh, you, you never, you never know what Albert has up his sleeve. So uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. So there you go. There's Mike Trout's take uh, on that subject. Now it's time to welcome in our special guest uh, here for the Angels Recap Podcast. It's Taylor Ward, who again has been at the big league level a part of every season since 2018 with this Angels organization. Was a catcher at Fresno State when he was drafted back in the first round of 2015, and here he is now after playing some time at third base. Now is in the outfield for the Angels and doing a little bit of catching as well as we welcome in our guest. Here's Taylor Ward. All right, we're being joined now by Angels outfielder Taylor Ward. First of all, I just want to say it's good to see Taylor back at the big league level. I would imagine for you, every time, I know you've been up and down a handful of times now, is it different for you? Do you get maybe more of an appreciation for the major leagues, maybe when you get sent down and then come back up now coming into this 2021 season? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Every time I come back here, it's like, man, it's time. So, um, that's how I feel this time. Um, you know, every time has been a learning experience as well. So, you know, it's really just in the box and, and keeping the approach that, you know, I game plan with in the box at the moment and making good decisions. And uh, I think, I believe personally, if I make good decisions in the box at that time, everything's going to work out. And, you know, so I try and keep it simple. Um, and it, it seems to help. So, I uh, just got to keep going what I'm what I'm doing and uh everything will be all right. Taylor, you and I have talked a lot in the past before about your swing and and you know we've made you, we've seen you make a lot of changes over the years but but before we get into that I, I do want to know like when you're in the box what are the kind of things that you're like thinking about in that moment? I don't want to give away too much of what I do but um you know depending on the pitcher and and the stuff that he has it those are the decisions and and what I'm looking for. That's kind of ultimately what determines what I'm going to swing at. Um, so it, it, I don't want to again give away too much, but sure. um, yeah. just like to keep it simple. Get a pitch where where I know I do damage and and try and execute that. It, it's just funny. Like I've heard, there's approaches of some guys that are like trying to take in all the information and they want to have as much of an advantage as they have, and they feel like it's for, it's for in their best interest to to know everything that's going on and know tendencies and and know you know different things. And then I've heard other guys say like, "Hey, look, I want to know nothing and just straight react." And it's in, I've seen you know incredible like Hall of Fame level talent guys, uh, you know, have completely opposite approaches to that. So I was just kind of curious about kind of the way that you view things. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, for me personally, I don't like too much information. I like to get on the iPad, look at the picture uh, from center field, get the approach, see his pitches, how they're they're moving, and kind of go from there. I'm not really much of a numbers guy. I just like to know how fast he's throwing and you know his second best pitch and how fast that is. That really determines a lot for me. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I like to keep it really simple and. I don't dive into the numbers too, too much at all. 
we've seen your your swing and your approach at least it seemed like maybe i'm wrong but it seems like there have been a lot of changes with you i know at one point there, there was a time when you're trying to lift the ball it seemed like and that was kind of the way you were going about doing some things and and now a very different approach for you hitting all fields uh, you know they say a, a flatter swing i know you've said this before it's about matching the plane how would you describe kind of the way that that those changes have gone for you and just where you feel like you're at right now yeah, you said it, going the other way. When I'm going the other way, I think I'm at my best. Um, right now I'm trying to get back to right center gap. Um, yeah, that's, that's huge for me. Whenever I'm pulling off or going to left field, it's no good. And, um, yeah, matching the plane with the pitch, but being on time, being in that window as, as long as possible, being on time through to right center field with my momentum and everything really cleans up and, um, but swing changes and, and this and that, I, I, I tweak here and there. Uh, I try to keep things as simple as possible. Um, but, you know, once you run into one thing and then, you know, it's kind of like you got to keep checking yourself and making sure that you don't fall too far one way or the other because that can throw you off. So it's really developing a plan in the cage, keeping you well-rounded. And, yeah, once you step in the box, executing the pitch you're trying to get. Taylor, I know for you, just it's been a unique situation that you've been in. You were drafted by one regime, have spent a bulk of your professional career under a different regime, and now there's a new group that's leading the way the Angels are going about doing things. How do you feel like you've been able to kind of adjust to that and and play? And and now you know there have been a lot of different changes in style and whatnot. How do you feel like you've been able to to navigate that here in a, a professional baseball landscape where it's becoming more and more common? Yeah, I just like to do me honestly, but it, it is crazy to have gone through three different managers. You know, the way Sosha did things and the way Austin did things and. Um, you know, it's just, it, it was totally different than what we're doing now here with Joe. And, um, I mean, I love it here. Walking into the clubhouse, you're welcomed with open arms, and they give you the confidence to be yourself. And, um, I mean, that's really all I needed. Uh, I kind of felt like I was more of like a turtle, kind of in my shell. But being here with these guys, they, they have really shown me the baseball player that I can be. And, you know, it's it, while with Soch, maybe things were a little bit quieter, kind of go out there, do your job, you know. But um, for me personally, as a player, I like more hands-on. I like being told when I did things right, when I did things wrong, and really nitpicking everything I do. So um, being able to talk to these guys, have a great relationship with all of them, it makes things a lot easier. And you know, I'm just happy to still be here with the Angels. Who are some of the guys that you, you spend that time with? Is, is it Jeremy Reed? Is, you know, who, are you, who are you spending time with? I've known Jeremy since, uh, I mean, I've known Jeremy for four or five years now. We have a good relationship. John Maley came in with Joe as well. Yeah. Um, we, we talk on a regular basis. Um, you know, Butters on the bases, um, you know, Jeter Hines in the outfield. It's just a good, well-rounded group that we have. And wherever I need information, you know, I, I can get it. The other part, too, with you, which is just fascinating I mean, you came up as a catcher, obviously, and we've seen you spend time at the big, big league level, you know, kind of learning third base on the fly now uh, out in the outfield doing those things. You make it look easy at times, but I know that that's an incredibly difficult thing to do. What has it been like going through those changes, and how do you feel uh, just in the outfield these days? 
I think every day I show up, I, I get a tick better. Um, always working hard to kind of decipher what I need to do. Like, how, how can I get better today? What do I need to work on? Is it wall balls? Is it my first step? You know, it goes all around to hitting everything. But in the outfield, I mean, I, I played a little bit there at Fresno State. Um, kind of went through the ringer there with Batesville, and, you know, he taught me a lot, and it kind of made the transition easier going from, you know, third base to the outfield where I've already played outfield then from third base where I'd never played third base at all right. in my life. So I was able to take those things that Bates kind of taught me and told me and, and take it out there, and I think it was a nice, you know, kickstarter for me out there. Um, but now, obviously, like learning – the ins and outs, um, you know, staying in the situation, uh, a lot goes out there. But, um, you know, just like in the cage, I find things that make me the best player that I need to be out there. And I continue to do those things every day, you know, to keep things sharp. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did you did you spend some time at uh, in, in spring training at Tempe doing some catching? Yeah, I've been uh, – Last year, Joe talked to me about, you know, possibly catching this year. Um, so coming into spring training, I was ready to go. Uh, I've been working on it. Came to um, spring training, talked to Jose Molina. And as you've seen, the receiving nowadays has changed completely. Yeah. So um, that was something that I really needed to work on and advance through. I still need to work on calling the game and kind of working with the pitchers and, and – this and that, but um, I feel good back there. I really do. Uh, almost like riding a bike, um, and I, I still really enjoy it. And I will always leave that door open yeah. for whatever whatever they need. I'm I'm absolutely cool with strapping on the gear again. It's funny to hear you say it's like riding a bike because I would think like, okay, if you're an outfielder and then you're brought in to play, you know, a corner infield spot, say third base, like, okay, that's an adjustment. But then going back to the outfield doesn't seem like it would be all that tough to do if that's already where you're comfortable. But I feel like catching is one of those positions where there's so much going on, so much changes. Like, I feel like you could lose a step if you don't do it for a while. Am, am, I, am I way off base here? I try, I try not to think of it like that. Um, but you know, I, I'd caught for a long time and, um, I'll be honest when, when I was a catcher, I didn't really know what hard work was until I switched to third base, you know, and then doing this full circle, I now see coming back to catching, like how much better I can get and where I need to work on. And, and, and like, it, it's just a clearer picture for me, uh, if that makes sense. And I mean, it just, yeah, it's much harder than riding a bike, but, um, it's also something that I've done so long that I can almost roll, roll out of bed and, and do what I need to do back there. But, yeah, I mean, calling a game, the mental side of things, that's where I need to get better. I think that would be the transitioning point once I get better at that, if that's what the Angels decide to do. Yeah, I, I think that some of that comes with just maturity, too, and, like, development and growth just in the game. I mean, the fact that, like, Angel fans have seen you at the big league level in some capacity every season since 2018. So we've, we've seen a lot of Taylor Ward, but do you feel like like that time, like, do you feel like that you've grown as much as, as maybe what some fans have seen in you? Yes, yeah. massive strides. Completely different player than, than 2018. Personally, I don't think, Looking back now, I was not ready for that. Stepping in the box and keeping my approach um, just wasn't 
necessarily ready for that. Um, and that's unfortunate, but now looking back and where I'm at now, I'm a much better baseball player. I'm solid head to toe and confident. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that. And we've seen you, you know, deliver at the plate as well. Your first hit of the season, you come up and you hit a home run against the Dodgers. What was that feeling like to, to get back here and, and homer like almost right away in your third game up? It was like a breath of fresh air. Uh, I hadn't hit a home run in a while up to that point, and uh, it just felt good to get that one off my chest and be able to go play and, you know, just settle back in. But there's still a lot to do. Obviously, a, a lot to do. So tonight, ready to get back at it and do do my do my thing. Hey Taylor, I tell you what, it's fun watching you. And I know I told you this before we started recording this interview, but I have heard from so many fans that have just loved getting to know you. I know that it's harder now. There's just you know, the distance stuff in place, but but fans that you have met and connected with before, like there are real connections there, and and that's pretty cool to give that you know that much time to to fans. I know everyone talks about you know Mike Trout, the demands on his time, and he always likes to spend time uh, with fans and signing autographs and those kind of things. And I get that, like right now, while we're still, you know, dealing with COVID, that's tougher to do. But uh, for you to, to spend the time with the fans, I think that's pretty neat. I just wanted to tell you that. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the fans, and um, you know, being around Mike, being able to watch him while I'm up here. I mean, it's awesome. I see him do those things, and you know, it, it just it inspires me, and I, I learn from him every day. And um, yeah, it's all about the fans. So you know, thank you for that, and I'm gonna keep doing it and learning so yeah i love it hey taylor uh, i'm enjoying watching you play keep it up angels need your bet and uh, i know you're gonna keep hitting so i really appreciate it thank you thank you trent some really awesome insight right there from taylor ward all right when the Angels come back after their trip to Boston this upcoming weekend, they come back home Monday, they get three against Cleveland, and then a doubleheader makeup game on May 20th. Remember those games that got postponed uh, for the COVID-related reasons with the Minnesota Twins back in April? Well, those games are now going to be played in a doubleheader on May 20th, and then three games against the Oakland A's, an off day on Monday the 24th, and two more against Texas. So a 10-game homestand coming up for the Angels. Of course, you can get your tickets at angels.com slash tickets. A lot of cool promotions. Of course, the Saturday Night Fireworks are always a blast. And then on May 21st, this is a game you do not want to miss. When your Angels face the A's, it's a 6.30 first pitch. First 14,000 fans will receive a Trout 300 home runs bobblehead. It's courtesy of Memorial Care. For more on the season's giveaways, just go visit angels.com slash promotion. So that is what's ahead, as of course, you can join us for another exciting season of Angels baseball by visiting, once again, angels.com slash tickets to buy your single-game tickets for the 2021 season. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Thanks to Taylor Ward and to Mike Trout for giving us uh, some time here on the podcast today. Thanks to Hannah Stang for all her help behind the scenes. To everybody at AM830 that helps put this show together. Of course, after all of those home games I just talked about, you can join us on the air for the Angels Recap Show where we break down the game, uh, what had just happened, read your tweets on the air. It's what we like to do after every Angels home game. Continue your Angel Stadium experience on your drive home and be part of our show by Finding me on Twitter at Trent Rush Sports and using the hashtag Angels Recap. My name is Trent Rush. Thank you for being here for the Angels Recap Podcast and have a great rest of your day. We'll see you.